Hi, hello. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're having a really good day. My name is Elizabeth Dale and I am a Cornish writer and blogger. For those of you who have never read any of my stuff, I would really love it if you would pop over and take a look at the Cornish Bird blog where you will find loads of stories all about Cornwall and its history. But this is not my blog, this is my brand new podcast. So you might be wondering, why am I here? Well, I'm not entirely sure just as yet. But as I explained in my first podcast, I wanted a different way to communicate with you guys, um, a different way of telling stories about Cornwall and just a different way of connecting, really. So, yes, this is it, my new podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I love any feedback that you have to give. That's really important. Um, So, yes, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today I thought I'd do something a little bit different. I thought I would try and explain to you and perhaps to myself how I have ended up in this situation. Why do I spend 90% of my time uh, reading and writing about Cornwall? Well, I suppose the obvious answer is that I was born here, but it's obviously something a little bit more than that. So today we're going to be talking about why I love uh, Cornwall's prehistory so much and why I spend so much of my time um, out in the countryside trying to find huge great bits of granite. So you may or may not know um, that I was born on a farm and the house that I live in now Uh, five generations of us have lived in the same house. So I feel very much connected to uh, the place where I still live now. And um, the other huge influence on my life has been my father. I blame him. It's all his fault. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, growing up on a farm was as you would imagine, pretty idyllic. Um, We all had our own jobs to do, but apart from that, I had a massive amount of freedom uh, to just roam around and make camps and tree houses and all that kind of stuff. And my dad 100% encouraged me in everything. When I was younger, we, um, as you can probably understand never had family holidays when you've got animals to look after you can't really go anywhere uh, very much but if we did ever go out for the day we didn't go uh, beaching Um, my dad would pack us all into the car with uh, a picnic and we would all go somewhere on the Penwith or um, up on Bobmin Moor, or even as far as Dartmoor, and we would inevitably be looking for a big bit of granite. See, I don't really know where my dad's love of prehistoric monuments has come from, and when I've asked him about it, I don't think he really knows either, but he does remember going to see Stonehenge, back in the 1960s when you could still wander in amongst the stones and as a practical 
man who spent all his life doing physical work, he was just mystified by how a man had physically moved these stones. So when he looks at them, he looks at them in a very different way, I think. Not in a mystical way, but in a, like I say, a very, very practical way. How did they move that girt big stone from A to B? So I think it's pretty fair to say that my love for local history, Cornish history, has been born out of his fascination for Cornwall's ancient monuments. Because when you start visiting these places, you hear all the myths and legends that uh, surround them. So when I first went to the Merry Maidens as a little girl, the idea that these were young girls that had been turned to stone for dancing on a Sunday was something that just embedded itself in my brain. And I love the adventure of it too. Back in the early 90s, um, when I was going out with my dad to these sites, a lot of them weren't very well maintained, weren't really being looked after that well, and certainly really weren't getting any uh, tourists visiting them. So it felt like you were a bit of an explorer, you know, wading through the undergrowth trying to find <laughs> some great big stone. And I guess the other thing is as well, growing up in a house where I was quite literally surrounded by other people's objects. Um, and what I mean by that is we inherited generations of books and furniture and crockery. So growing up surrounded by great auntie, whatchamacallits, whatever, means that I have this um, innate uh, desire to find connection with the past and the ancient monuments in Cornwall are really the ultimate example of that and I just love standing there and looking at them and trying to imagine and find that connection with the people that erected them. So back to my dad. In the summer of 1999 I spent a whole day uh, with my father going around the Penwith, specifically looking at the standing stones. And we admired their shape and their size, and of course tried to estimate how much they weighed. And we did this for a very specific reason, because my dad had decided that he wanted to erect his very own standing stone. Now the idea was that it was to mark the millennium but I have a feeling that it might have been something a little bit more than that. But anyway after our day out he started going um, from one local granite quarry to another lo looking for the perfect stone because he didn't want just any old stone he wanted a piece of granite that looked as natural as possible didn't have any drill marks in it didn't have any signs of being handled by machinery and he would tell the local quarrymen you know what he was looking for and I'm sure they actually thought he was a bit nuts. But in the end, he did find the perfect stone and he had it delivered to the farm. Now, unfortunately, that's where the 
authenticness of the standing stone on our farm ends because we did not use oxen or rollers or dozens and dozens of men to drag the stone into place. We used a tractor and a big digger. So our very own standing stone was erected just in time for the millennium and now 20 years later it is all covered in moss and lichen and looks like it has been there forever. It stands about uh, six feet high and um, there is one issue with it which is actually quite amusing. My father was so paranoid about it falling over and squashing someone that he actually sunk about four foot of it into the ground. <laughs> so it could have been a great deal higher. But one thing is for sure, that stone is not falling over anytime soon. And I think that that is something that my father although we've never really spoken about it, and myself find really reassuring and sort of satisfying that something that he has done is probably going to be there, fingers crossed, for the next thousand years. And wouldn't that just be amazing? And that kind of brings me full circle back to thinking about how our ancestors saw these stones did they have any concept of how long that they were going to stand there did it even factor into their thinking that it might be there for a thousand two thousand four thousand years after they saw it erected so i hope you have enjoyed me telling you a little bit about how i became so interested in cornwall's prehistory and I suppose you could say that the prehistory was like my gateway drug into all things to do with Cornwall's, uh, Cornwall's past, really, from our ancient kings to our fishing and mining industries and our folklore. I'm just interested in it all. And there are so many inspirations for stories. And I guess I'd always find that as soon as I start writing about a place or a person there are just layer upon layer of stories to explore and I just find that an absolute joy. There is always something new for me to learn, something new for me to discover and then I get to share it with you. Anyway I really hope that you haven't been too bored I really hope that you've enjoyed your time with me and I promise in the next episode I will tell you a proper story about Cornwall and if you have any ideas about stories that you would like me to tell then please do get in touch and please do leave me a comment. Um, tell me what you think of the podcast so far, um, whether you're enjoying it or whether you're not, I want to hear about it. So please leave me a comment, leave me a like, follow me, share me with your friends <laughs> and please take really good care of yourselves. Um, bye bye for now.